but it's great to be in the spot of our lives where we finally have good problems to have. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and where we're finally in a space to be grateful for the kinds of problems we have right now. Cause it was definitely like, yo, how are we, we going to get $3 together for this rice and broccoli? Like how are we about to, how about we about to have these, the, this egg roll and split it? Like, and like, had we though, had we, right? Had we, had we, and Garcia Vegas, and occasionally a deuce deuce. <laughs> exactly. Had like $40 worth of contraband and or, you know, legal alcohol, but was was about to split that $3 vegetarian dinner. Alright, but here's the other part of that science, right? Yeah, what's that? If that's because the reality is you know you got like $50, right? You, you're trying to keep yourself happy with $50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the week. Right, right. You could be responsible and buy fifty dollars worth of growth, and that's totally true. But that's only going to be as satisfying as it is, too. That's true. Like you're gonna make that fucking quinoa and black beans, and it's gonna be, and that's great. Cool. And if you, it's and if awesome. you're, if you're happy at that time of your life, just to be making the building those habits, that's dope. That's also dope. In those moments, I was like, bro. I'm trying to figure out bigger scheme things as opposed to trying to survive all $50. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. these might not be the best, but like this helps me pass this point too. Like, and get some space from it because I can't afford any other space from it. I'm too deep in it. I'm too deep in the train system and, the, yeah. and you know, all these, and finding work I'm, and my school situation and how it like that shit is too close. I need something that gives me. I can't. I don't. I can't afford a vacation right now. Right. Could I maybe have? Yeah. And and but like niggas did do that. We did. It's not like we were just assholes. We took trips and like figured out how to give ourselves artist trips and times to, sure. to get away. Yeah. So it's not like we weren't taking care of ourselves in any way. But on a regular basis, that was a really reasonable way. To yeah. Yeah, to men to take care of yourself. Yeah, there was it was, and and um, niggas have been saying this on Twitter too, and like the women have been saying this, especially like of of niggas, the the niggas whose women have been saying that um, niggas therapy is is named Hennessy or or like Swisher Sweet, like because that's what it, that's what it was. Like if you're talking about a copay a week. Like the weed habits that niggas have is actually a pretty good copay. You know what I mean? Especially in the case when you don't have insurance and you can't spend a copay amount on a mental health care provider. Sometimes that weed is is looking like really the best option because you're not going to flip out. Like, how many times have you read the headline like, man goes ballistic on weed, kills wife and two kids? It's like, no. Niggas who be on weed. And it has its detriments, for sure, but that's not the way that they are decompressing. Like, they they are kind of, like, channeling what they can when they can through it. Is that accurate to say? Yes. And... Whatever, I don't... I don't... So, right, there are detriments to treating yourself with... 
self-medicating. There are always detriments to self-medicating because most people don't. During, okay, here's my, you know, again, left field perspective. It's the same way I feel about steroids. I actually don't feel no fucking way about what nobody else takes. Right. To the level, what I feel a way about is how they behave when after making those decisions, after ingesting or whatever, right? If you then become irresponsible, then I have a problem because you're a detriment to other people besides yourself. But fundamentally, how what you choose to do to feel better, to be who you is not is not really of that much interest to me. Um, but it is important to me. I, I personally find it important to uh, be well um, educated about the things that I ingest generally. Just generally, I like figuring out ways to do things in the best way that I can. Yeah. And so we all are we all are experimenting on ourselves really and there's not actually nothing wrong with that. It's 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 called like it's a in the biohacking community it's this popular thing called an N of 1 which is like you're experimenting on yourself. It's like yeah. but it's legitimate. You you look at the research, you look at the research around something and you get them certain people do shit like they have all their biomarkers, they have their DNA markers so they know in general it's like okay is this something that i should be avoiding in particular or is this something in particular that, should, that might be able to benefit me so you know whatever you want to take fucking growth hormones and shit cool don't be weird don't yeah. be, I, I i still reserve the right to decide what you did was weird but i don't you know whatever bro let niggas live health care or or make a reasonable health care system yeah, right, exactly. Make any option other than me having to do that. I mean... Hopefully, I'm going to... I have... This is a stupid and annoying and not great for sound, but I have to turn my car on because I don't want the fucking battery. And it keep, it makes, it's making this beeping sound that I hope is... Hoping it's not in the recording, probably is. So to avoid that, just going to turn the car on, and then we're going to have... Well, I'll ask you, Drew. Do you what? think the sound of... The car running underneath, which was at the beginning of the recording, nah, it's, will be more nah, distracting. Not at all. Or, all right, so I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, because it's uh the kind of like room noise that is so right. low in comparison to like the pitch of our voices, which the mic is closer to. So it's not gonna pick up as much of it because you know it's like a. It's a primitive boom mic for sure, but it's not meant to pick up all that. I don't think. But like, okay, so welcome, welcome to the Neil Riggs podcast. Welcome to the Neil podcast. Now that we talked talk to you about three dollars Chinese food, uh, as well as our uh, struggle and striving to get to gratitude, to a place of gratitude. Um, what I really want to get into is a couple things. Couple, couple things. First of all, what could we do? as a community with our Popeye's chicken power. Cause I feel like there's a long list now of things we could have, we could have been doing with, with our attention to Popeye's chicken apparently. So what, what could we had did with all this Popeye's chicken power we now have harnessed? 
like a like an agency, an agency that had the best some of the best talent and like the amount the amount of marketing the amount of dope marketing that people did for fucking free yeah, for yeah. Popeyes super free would super sell free. like there's so many things that shit would sell yeah and, like, yeah who, who you are in the black community basically whoever you are in the black community come to us and we will figure out how to sell your shit fire because yeah. that's what black twitter does yeah if it cares about what you just did it will figure out the way to communicate that in the dope in the most entertaining way possible. How, how about this i got even more like a uh a, a notch up like a, a max out of your idea too where it's like black twitter should do crisis pr like i'm gonna say this oh. i'm gonna say this these niggas popeyes remember who was who was selling us popeyes to the black community quote unquote remember who was selling it who oh, was this <laughs> What? Yeah, I shouldn't be sick, can, but you, like, can you remind? Hey, she tried to start beef with jerk chicken, my nigga. <laughs> when they had that black, when they had that black woman out here popping shit about jerk chicken, I almost got a gun. <laughs> First of all, why did you find it so specifically and uniquely offensive that that was their spokesperson? Or they're Wendy, or they're Wendy, because let's not act like fucking Wendy ain't out here being cute, fictional, black ass. What the fuck is that about? But that was the the idea, right? Like a, a human mascot figure. And that is, so it was like, okay, cool. I, and that's, actually, here's the thing, Steve, that would have been fine with me. But then you got. Then she got to be a stand-up black woman. Then she got to be fucking Michelle Obama. Nigga. She got to be fly. Okay, you want to do that? Okay. But then you got out here, his doing some shucking and jiving fuck shit, and then starting beef with I'm like, oh hell no, you're not about to start beef with fucking Jamaicans. You don't start beef with Jamaicans. Everybody know that. Yo, and it's like everybody hold on. know you don't start beef with Jamaicans. And and, and we could both live because it's like. Jamaicans, as a Jamaican, it's like, we don't make dope fried chicken like that. Like, yo, KFC on the island, I just came back from the island a couple weeks ago, my nigga, and like, yo, KFC <laughs> on the island, boy, is like, yo, we all go KFC, you have a nice time, I go KFC, like, yo, it's like a space to go have cuisine type shit, you know what I'm saying, like, and right. and it's not in a way that I feel is bad, like, the flavors are good. And so Jamaicans understand, like, nah, like, it's Kentucky in the name, like, it's the U.S. does that, that fried chicken they do, and then, like, jerk chicken, it's like, okay, y'all do barbecue, this is us, like, this is how we do that. And so I feel like there wasn't even any reason for the smoke, you know what I mean? It was like, and that's where you you feel the, like, the corporate tentacles reaching down into the message, too, where it's like, wait, but why would... Right. It's like, why would they be beefing? 
Would they? This ain't no regular. This ain't no regular. This ain't no just no jerk season. Yeah, I was like, don't uh-uh. you dare fucking like <laughs> minimize jerk season. Like, um, here's another thing. The only place I've ever had jerk meat that tastes right is Jamaica and Brooklyn. Yeah, ever. yeah. Ever yeah. in my life, everywhere else it got it be syrupy. Like, where's this? You think it's barbecue? Yeah, yeah. People that get sweetness fucked don't up. come like this. It's not like that. It's dry. It's dry. Yeah. You got it's dry rub. Right. It's, that's that's all like gone. It's like peppery. It's like peppered now. The sweetness. Is and then it brings out, you know, because of the spices and what it does to the flesh, it brings out that kind of fat quality to make it juicy still, even though you know you're there, having like a smoked go. a smoked uh, flesh. It's like okay, even though it's smoked, it's still getting all that moisture because the the pepper and the salt is kind of like keeping it trapped in the skin and the flesh. It's great and. But the, the what, what I don't even know what you're talking about no more. I know, I know. I'm like chicken. fucking chicken, my nigga, chicken. No, but that's the point, chicken. Um But the the thing is it's like we could be crisis PR for anything. Like if they if Cambridge Analytica wants to come through and or if fucking Jared Fogel from Subway wants to bless Black Twitter with a check, we could make them pop. Like because specifically you know, that's one of the things that's ill about black culture is we can make anything illustrious and, and fun and festive and great. Um, but also... Why the, do you think that is, Drew? Oh, the pain that we suffer necessitates it. Um, the trauma and the systemic oppression that we suffer necessitates that for survival, we create a reality that is inherently more entertaining because we're human beings and we still like to feel happy and fulfilled and joyful and the world doesn't allow us much of it so we created our own and and we do a damn fucking good job of creating it actually um but the problem about that is even within us and because of the weight and the yoke of systemic racism and sort of internalized ideas even when niggas is just enjoying a fucking chicken sandwich (laughs) Niggas can't shut the fuck up about you enjoying some shit. Like, I I didn't see a lot of it. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't see a lot of it. I wasn't on Twitter hard those days. It was funny and also not a good look. I'm like, we acting the fool over a chicken sandwich. (laughs) We are really a chicken sandwich? (laughs) And look, it was like... A motherfucking chicken sandwich, nigga? and, And here's the thing. Like, I had one, right? It was good, objectively, and I've had chicken sandwiches from fast food places, which is like, it's not a high bar you're starting at, you know what I mean? Like, if we, like if we go, oh, so it's like, yo, these chicken sandwiches at Ruth Chris, like, I mean, no. There's If that is where you're starting from with cuisine, then it's like black people in a more dire situation than I thought. <laughs> Like, I don't know what article headline, it's been going around a couple websites, but it was like, by 2034, uh, the black American population will have zero wealth. And I was like, damn, Popeyes, like, even though you didn't do it, you even though you didn't do it, it's just like, damn. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, damn. But um, yeah, of the options that we have in that weight class of food, it is definitely one of the 
best or better options and and i say that sincerely like okay they made made something good and and black people because we tend to fuck with the food that's the lowest cost we liked it and it's like hooray we liked it but it it, it kind of falls on both sides of that reaction where some people was like oh d like yo Popeye's chicken sandwich is like it's actually it could fit in any highbrow restaurant that type of dumb shit to uh no, but well, if you gonna, I hope these niggas in the unemployment line, the way they lining up to eat, and it's like those are two two things you can do. Those are two things you can both do. You know, it's like yeah, you can stand in two lines. One day. <laughs> I've done it before. I've done it. It's a like lot of lines. I've gone to like if you ever gone to an amusement park before, done a lot of lines. Nigga, have you ever lived life? <laughs> like life is a line, like. You're fucking waiting to get on the elevator. You're waiting to get your post office stamped or whatever. You're waiting to the DMV. Like, everyone waits all the time for everything. So criticizing people for waiting for some shit that they like, it, it seems it's like this misanthropic, like, masochistic, I have to ruin everyone's fun type shit. Oh, I forgot about misanthropic. Yeah. I, I, that was my shit for a minute. Yeah, for it's a minute, cool. I was I I called myself like, oh, that's who I, that's why I'm unhappy because fuck everybody, <laughs> fuck all of you. And then I realized that I was like, no, mostly fuck me though, because I don't even know all of you. I say fuck all of you, and then I can't even remember you five minutes later. So probably not. It's probably not about you. <laughs> this is like, yeah, you know how I led with fuck you? I don't really know. Um. Like, like you could get down in a really legit way, man, and I'm here judging you. <laughs> like, probably did, probably did. <laughs> Just canceling people out of your life. Boom, boom. Oh like, man! Put it out there. But it's weird because like people complain about so-called like cancel culture or whatever, but it's also like it's just the the culture of party pooping. It's like there's so much like what aboutism in this generation of people and like with the communication tools we have, there's just so much of like trolling really where like no happiness, like literally no happiness can live for too long. It's like that water bubbling out of the pot. That's when it gets out of the stove and onto the surface, it's going to evaporate. Like that's what we're doing with our happiness. Cause every time we get a little bit happy, somebody comes with that hot stove surface and it's like, Nope. No, get out of here. No, no reason to be happy. Get out. Like, there's so much emphasis on, well, if you're feeling joy here, I know a way you will feel unhappy. What about this? And that is, it's like on overflow right now, I feel like, in society. Did did I talk, did I talk, have the conversation with you about how accurate the term trolling is? I feel like we've had some of it, but I agree. But continue, elaborate. It's it's because what's the point of a troll? What is a troll trying to do? Uh, the like in the myth, the, the mythology of trolls. Yeah, they're trying they're trying to get you to like pay, right? Like you have to like pay to get past them. Usually, even more, it's about having it's a riddle they usually have a riddle okay. that you have to be able to solve okay, okay. To, they're trying to stop you from where you're going 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're trying to stop the your way. The troll's job yeah. is to get in the way of where you're going. Yes, you go, yes, You're yes. on a bridge. You're, you're trying to get from one place to another, and a troll is, is trying to impede you from getting there. Yes. And it's usually, usually, you're either getting to the truth or happiness or something that will empower yes, you. Yes, 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 100%. Something that will give you power in some way. 100%. It reminded me that like all the troll needs to take from you is what you want. Yes. That's all, like that's all. Yes. So it, it doesn't matter. That's why it doesn't matter what they use. They can, they'll use anything because the only thing they want is for you to not feel what you're feeling. If you're comfortable with yourself or something like, like if you're if their body shape, whatever, you try to be comfortable with yourself or something and they want you to be uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And so it it's interesting cuz a remind like I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been I haven't fucked with shit in a long time and even when I did the last time it was interesting cuz I just like but anyway if the troll it's it's up to me if I give the troll what they want or not. And it's not it's, it's not it's not easy. Sometimes like people influence me. People yeah, of course. Us in life, right? Like, all of us. I, all I, of us. I'm not. I'm not. An, I'm not an island. But fundamentally, like I do decide if I go. Oh, instead of continuing to state my truth, I am going to engage with this troll, and like I'm going to change how I feel and be upset. Like get into the back and forth with them. Then they got what they want because now I'm not. What I am instead feeling is this contention instead of that. Whatever right. I was feeling, that contentment. Right, right. I can still engage with a troll, but it's different when I'm engaging with a troll. Yet I still have that contentment. Like you can do, and you you can see it, you can feel it. Yeah. And it, it's like it's hard. That's the hardest thing to do. But when when I see a person do that, what I essentially it's the same. You're trolling the troll because now. Yes. And now they're you're impeding them yes. from getting to where they're trying to go. Their feelings are now at issue where they tried to make yours at issue before. So it's it's that perfect reversal, and it's like the the comedian and the heckler, right? Like the heckler very momentarily takes the stage or takes the the spotlight um, by heckling, and it's the comedians. It's really their job to say no. There's a sentiment you want to create here. I'm going to knock that sentiment down and create another sentiment based on this momentum that you you formed. So, I, I it's I think that's a really good segue too because I want to talk about Chappelle, but I don't want to talk about Dave Chappelle specifically, especially if you haven't yet watched the latest stand-up special. Yeah, and I don't think it's really like. I've gotten very mixed reviews, not a ton, but. Yeah, it's mixed, and like, I would say, you know, even as a real fan of his, I think there's just. There's a room for a mix of reactions. Um, And there's definitely more he does successfully at playing with taboos than, say, Louis C.K. did. Um, But I think what I really want to talk about, too, is like. 
this topic that we've covered in another podcast, in the Louis podcast, which was, um, thank you all for listening. That's one of our most listened podcasts, at least on Anchor. I'm not sure on Spotify, but on Anchor, people listen to that one. Um, but it's we got into this idea of like who benefits or is the target of a joke. And and I kind of like, I didn't want to plant a flag in the sand per se, but I was just like, I just personally get into humor more when it's pointed at the self, when it's pointed at the deliverer and it's pointed at like the, the collective self too, where it's kind of like critiquing or subverting that. That's the kind of shit I get into. Um, but I like the humor of complaint too, because there's there are really good forms of humor that are the humor of complaint, um, and are the humor of just annoyance or frustration with some element of society. And I think that's just as important to someone like Chappelle's act as any other element is being able to just freely complain about a thing. Um, I guess what I wanted to ask you is about that discomfort versus comfort like we're talking about it in terms of trolls and like i'm sure based on the tone and tenor of dave chappelle's comedy that the resistance he's had toward it like the resistance he's received towards some of the topics he he's seen it and he's felt it like it, it it comes out now because you see that focus in his act and in the material, and so what I'm wondering. And he's still deciding to do it. Like you can yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, for sure. He's aware. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's making a decision. For sure, for sure, and um, and there are there's humor in that, right? But I think one of the things you've talked about in terms of free speech is really instructive here, because you're like word, like yeah, let's have free speech. So that I can tell you you're a fucking dickhole, and when you say discriminatory, biased shit, I can call you on that and call it stupid. Like, if it's free, right? If free speech is really free, like, be prepared for a response. And it's, um, I think that is a little bit where I'm more surprised with Dave, because I think he kind of understands human dynamics and speech and ideas a lot. Um... So it's, he seems sort of like, uh, I guess I would say indignant about some of the pushback he's gotten on his jokes. And I wanted to ask you about like, you know, has Dave Chappelle kind of like earned that indignance? Like, is what is it about this particular pushback to his material that's sticking with him? Like, what do you think that is? seeing it I like that's the like that's the, the downside of me being the constantly ignorant party um <clears throat> and being a person who like he's my favorite comedian maybe ever maybe I still think he's it's still and he's still up there too that's the thing it's like even though it's it's Richard for me he's still right fucking there you know what I mean and it's and so I'm biased, so I'm right biased, and I'm particularly biased to probably have some of his similar bias, or or or, or not his bias, but having the same um, distance from the things I, I 
what I get the impression that he, I get the impression he's making jokes about uh, gender. Gen- yeah, like specifically yeah, for sure. Transgender yeah, and like just or, sure. or gender fluid. Yeah, I mean um, he is. I mean he is definitely. So yeah, and I, and so having that similar amount of space because being a cisgender male, a right. hetero, you know, and I'll and honest enough to say that even that saying that still doesn't make sense to me. Like I understand being hetero heterosexual, I being cisgender, which I guess means that you are what you what I guess we would expect. Yeah, right. yeah, it's like it's like the the thing that you present is right within the range of norms that people present. Norm, right. Right. So it's like uh, okay, what, okay. What was the what was the term? What was what was the term for a while? Norm. That was something about like normal, like like heteronormative. Yeah, there we go. Heteronormative. We're normies. We're heteronormies. Yeah, heteronormies. <laughs> but it's like no, but it's important to make those distinctions. I think, and, and I'll let you continue too. Um, because of a person like Prince, like where the mainstream comes into into contact with Prince, but they might not have sort of understanding of how he's gender fluid is like, but he's he's fucking someone of the opposite sex as men often do, but his sex presentation and his gender presentation are kind of blurry, right? Like that, I think that's where the term cisgender starts to show. Like, oh, here are some like ways to look at this along multiple okay. measures. Well, thank, thank you, then, because that, that does make sense to me. Um, again, I said that to make an admission of, like, my own, like, level of privilege. There we go. Uh, in, in this, so I have a similar amount of identity privilege, not outside of wealth. Um, right, right. So that, to me, of all things, seems like a re- like I'm like I'm like Jesus. What are you saying? What could you be saying that is that funny that you need these in right, right. In, in in the light of like where things stand? And it's not even about like not having opinions, but so much. It, it, it's pretty clear to me that we're in a place of like beginnings. A lot of things are beginning. And new ways of communicating and understanding things that like are 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 we're at a burgeoning of new vocabulary yes. for for different for accepting different parts of human experience. Yes, hundred percent. And so it's like, especially if the experience is not mine, I what I what I my instinct is to be quiet and listen and learn as much as I can from the people who, and even if that, like, and sometimes I, I accept that that will make me not as good an an ally as I could be necessarily. Right. Like Mm. not being the person who's standing up saying something, but until I actually feel like I understand, I would rather be, perceived to be an ally but just be quiet shut the fuck up and learn what is yeah 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 what is another person's experience and what yeah. they're trying to communicate about yeah. that experience right before i start saying shit about what my opinion right. is about that. and okay That's what, so like 
immature to me. It's like okay, what? right, and so and that so why? So okay, that is where I've gotten to with it, and I think it's okay for us as two friends who have a complete and great journey as people together and as young boys turning into men in Brooklyn to talk about where we have blind spots and where, you know, gender and sexuality and, and misogyny and misogynoir have entered into our lives and our vocabulary as ways of understanding other parts of the human experience because that, I think, and like I planted the flag in the sand before, informs my comedy. That informs how I look at the irony of the human, human perspective and human existence. Now, what I kept getting to as a word after I watched this last special, and not to bias you because you're going to watch it with your own eyes and you're going to have your own laughs just like I have my own laughs, but what the word I kept getting to was juvenile. And I think there was a part of us at 13 that would still love this special and that will still have a lot of like uneasy laughs because there are things that we don't understand in it as 13-year-olds. And the things that we don't understand, we laugh at. And that's the only actual response that we built at that point in our lives, in our fucking hippocampus and fucking neocortex. Like the only response we built for things we don't understand, including types of people and their existences, is (laughs) like like that kind of like uncomfortable but no yeah i know what's uncomfortable about that i don't know it i don't know it and i think that's where because one of the things that comes out is um he uses this term confused and i think like that as a kind of like a coded transphobic word that is the kind of thing where I look at like, damn, Dave, like, you know, the power of words and you have a whole bit about the power of words in here. And then he uses a the confused term. It's like it's like using Chicago or articulate with black people. It's like, you know exactly what it means when you hear it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, once articulate comes up in my pattern of speech and in your evaluation of that. We're already in racist territory. <laughs> like we're already, we're already fucking skipping the racist meadows. Like it's, it's we are surrounded. You're surrounding me with racism, and you don't even actively know it. And that's where when he thro- dropped that term "confused" in there about like what trans people are, I was just like, oh fuck, damn, damn. And what I was gonna say to you in particular, bro, is that. It's sometimes where I have to point out to you that you have more comic breadth and depth than a lot of our icons. Um, And I think the place where Dave Chappelle has a blind spot alongside like gender identity is like, well, what happens when you do get all that privilege and entitlement and you you got it? And Dave Chappelle, if we're being frank, got it kind of early in life. Um, how do you break up your echo chamber to still be interacting with humans who live in all different kinds of ways? Like, I think that is the thing I'm seeing in his comedy is like a lack of that. Like, I think there's so much insularity in the elite world of comics that he belongs to 
it's like not only are they going to all reinforce this crotchety, like, oh, we can't even go on college campuses anymore. Like, they're all going to reinforce that, right? But then they all live on, like, compounds. And the only interaction they have with people is through media, which is completely filtered for bias and for impulse responses from our brains. And fucking... Uh, you know, their their own friends. So it's like Dave Chappelle, I think what made him great and what makes him great is when I, when he has access to common folk ideas. And I think, well, yeah, go ahead. Dave has always, he's always been mildly privileged, right? For sure, for sure, for sure. Mildly, mildly. For sure. In the same way I have. In the same way I have. For sure. Like from my environment... I had a little bit more than there were people who lived next to me who didn't have. I always had food. My mom right. always had work. We like. I only used food stamps one time. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like. Right. So I was poor, but I was like relatively well off. Yeah. Um, and yeah. He had, so he's always he's always like. Uh, it's always, okay, I'll speak for myself in that that's a part of what, when Killing Me Softly came out, I was actually almost upset because that's a, I was like 17 at that time, and I thought I was the funniest nigga in the world. I was like, oh, I'm about to kill these niggas. Niggas don't even know. Niggas don't even know. <laughs> I was like, yo, my wife, because... Martin Lawrence had the white man impression. He had the dopest white man impression right. for a minute, and I had the new one. I, had, I just knew I was around white. We was around white boys. <laughs> yeah, the time. exactly. When we went, to, when we went away to, to private school, me and, me and Drew are, have been friends a long time, and we were, for, I don't want to explain every little detail, but for, we at this, around the same age, we both went to private school. Exactly. And so I had, I just had, having that same having just come off like basically downloaded Martin episodes and then meeting these white kids and like, oh, this is actually, this is how they do it now. One, it's just a little different. I'm seeing like different, a different era of white boys. So I was like, yo, I'm just just the funniest man alive. And when Killing Me Softly came out, I was like, yo, you know, he knows the new white dude. He knows the new white dude. Damn. He's already doing the new white dude. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, I understood, but I understood. I felt like we sat in a similar place, like that seems between these two places. Like I'm from, like you know, I'm I'm from the hood. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from a bad neighborhood in Brooklyn, but I'm from the edge. I'm I'm on the edge of a bad neighborhood in a good neighborhood. Right. And, right. And you know, so it's like I always have a. A, a, I have a bit of distance that makes it so that my life doesn't have to be terrible. And I know, and but people right next to me don't have that buffer. And that's the only reason I make that point. It's not to say that it's like no, I was in poverty, but I because of because I was in poverty, I saw real poverty. It's like no, I'm not. I'm I don't live poverty. I live in a space that sees both ways. I can see. Uh, privilege and wealth and I had me and my mom just had experiences that were still cultured and dope yeah yeah that had nothing to do with poverty we had 
experiences that had nothing to do with poverty and then lived in poverty and poverty definitely affected my life. And and it's like So So and, and, and Yeah, good. But, but the point being that So I felt a long time, the reason I identify is that I identify with Dave. So it's like, but he, because he's older than me and he was doing more adult things, I was like, oh shit, he's like my big brother and this shit. Niggas was, he was in this school, he graduated this school yeah. before me. He's already yeah. like graduated the college of this school and I'm just about to go to co- the college of this school. Right, exactly. In this exactly. Um, so now on the other side of it, being on the other side as an adult myself, being around the age he was when he had his greatest success, and I'm, I'm doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> Having it, it takes it's it's um it's an interesting experience for me. To and again, maybe when I watch it, I won't feel this way. Maybe I'll be like, nope, I just I understand because oh, I did I did stand up. Last Saturday, Drew. And it went pretty good. Oh, really? really good. Motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, and I finally... And it's, it's like... It's different now. It's different. I, I see how I could rep out now. I, I, okay, okay. I don't know if I have the time, but I'm going to sometime. Even if I don't, I'm just going to do it because it's fun, yo. It's, 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 it's finally fun. I'm not doing it just because I want to do stand-up and... While up there just going, oh, this is terrible. No, it's like, oh, this is fun. This is hard, but this is fun. Um, anyway, what I was saying is that I suspect that I'm going to find, especially your pastor, this, I'm like, nah, there, I don't think everybody's wrong. I think that there's something about what you're doing is fucking lazy, dog. And that sucks. That, yeah, and it yeah, sucks yeah. because I've always <clears throat> been able to understand, like, Dave's, for me, Dave's, the best thing about Dave is this underlying emotional honesty. He's, yeah, yeah. It's like, you can, he feels like he's, he's, right, he feels like he's being the realest version of himself of basically any comic for me when yeah, I see them, yeah. right? And I think he still feels that way, dog. I think he still feels that way, but I'm going to revisit that word confused. I think actually he's a little confused. I think the new... I thought that's what you were saying. But what I mean is that... Yeah, he's projecting. He's projecting. He's calling them confused? Yeah, he's calling... That's Yeah. And it's weird because he says it like offhand in a setup of another worse joke. But... um. Lazy is definitely operating here, a lazy kind of thinking. But also, um, I think just over time, people who probably weren't going to spend that energy on their own personal development in those areas just just don't or won't. And I, I you know, I don't think they do it in older age in most cases. Um, and not to you know bias against age because I think people can like create strong commitments at any period of time to not be shitty humans to other humans um but i think what happens here with dave and particularly with louis ck is that their egos like they see themselves as champions 
I think Aziz, this is true of him too, even though he went, he tried to go some of the other direction than Louis C.K. or Aziz. Like, he, I think, understands he's millennial and he can't really pull that, like, oh, all you are pussy. Like, I don't think he could do that. And he wouldn't try to. I think he's just like, oh, like, let me try the fake contrite Aziz. Let's see if people like that. Hey. Like, and I think his went over better but was more forgettable comedy in general um whereas dave's it's like you know you see a lot of the raw talent still there and then also the refined talent as well from years of execution you see all that um and you feel it and you laugh at it but then you the juvenile laughs like the i'm uncomfortable haha <laughs> like that like it comes out of me like oh you're making that joke oh it's just like damn because i feel like there are a lot of really great jokes to make on these same topics about identity and how identity is perceived or not like i think there are great jokes to make in this space um and ones that can come from having listened to people and having to like like seeing what are some of the common struggles that people go through. I think there's a lot of fertile ground. But I don't know. I mean, I just don't think Dave is there in his life or maybe really ever was. And that's what I was saying about you. It's like I think you have a perspective that, frankly, a lot of the black men comedians that we came up watching just don't have, man. And like a lot of them are not going to necessarily survive with very changed times because they're not willing to see us as black men as part of like a power spectrum a power matrix you know what i mean like it's still that zero sum that zero sum game thinking yeah you don't understand the black man can't be like it's like Mm -hmm. we can be and that's not to show on dlu because i think he's involved i actually appreciate things about dlu um but it's just that he like he was a, a barringer of that perspective for a very long time yeah yeah um, all the time all the time um and what uh what what i know i have the privilege of right now and it's, it's weird to call it a privilege but i know it is is i kill myself all the time like i kill I, I let who i think i am die all the time that's what it requires and that's the it's the least uh it's one of the Ego death is one of the worst human experiences. It's the thing we dread the most. It, it, there, there is evidence to suggest that we dread ego death more than we dread actual death. So, being a comic, right, is is requires a lot of it. Unless you're just like this nigga is turning our podcast into the secret, nigga. First of all, explain to the re- the listeners, right, what ego death is. At, like, as you go into this, like, I want them to have a clear understanding, too. So what, okay. is, what is it, and why would people so fear it? To, to, my, to my understanding, ego death is, the, is coming up with the reality of who you think you are having to end in some way or not being the case so some way that you identify yourself you can see is totally not true or um or even simply having
having no idea who you are in a moment. Like, feeling dissociated and having, like, realizing that feeling dissolved from any other experiences you've ever had. Like, that none of those experiences are here in, the, in this moment. Um, and the reason it's scary is because the ego is, like, right now as I'm talking, I'm talking basically to my ego. I'm doing my best to remember, to, to, to tap back into how I feel which isn't just my ego, in my opinion. Right, right. But the thing that's coming up with this trail of words is my ego. Like, trying to put it together so that it sounds good and he'll understand me. That's something I want. I want to be understood. I want people to like me. I I don't want to... All those things are generated by my ego. Well, what is the timbre of my voice? All those things. My ego is regulating why it wants any of those. Whereas... But that's all that is. All, and that's recently I'm having more and more of the experience. That's not everything in, in that. In, that's one thing. And it's, I don't know. I don't even know where it exists. I don't even know. I don't even know where my concept of myself exists. Really, like We could say it's in my brain, but it doesn't feel like it a lot of times. It feels like it's like right outside of it. Or it's yeah. Like, my radius or but or like when I'm imagining somewhere else or that I'm another time it's like my ego doesn't feel like it's in my brain then right it's like I don't know I don't know but my like my ego used to fuck me up for a long time like when I was a misanthrope it was because my ego I thought my I thought I was my ego I thought I was this trail of words this never ending trail of words I, I want I just wanted the words to stop I was like, what are all these words? And then then it's going to be more words. And then that's all, that's all being is. It's just coming up with more words. (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit. That's what life is. Just in the words. And it's taken a lot of work to have momentary experiences where I know profoundly that that's not the case. And that who I am actually in a lot of ways has very little to do with that proved by the fact that I can't even remember most of it the next day. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. So the benefit of ego death is getting to be new versions of yourself all the time, getting to be by dissolving the need for comfort going back to that like security thing by dissolving the need for comfort and to like have something that you can hold you get constantly new you accept new things all the time new things are coming things are sustaining you all the time you don't have you don't need security because if you open up there's always something to be grateful for you'll be given something and like everything you need will come to you and that yeah, that sounds like some foo-foo shit, but it's what's happening for me, so whatever. Like, I don't, at the moment, I don't care. And if it feels different later, I will be on, like, I don't have any problem being honest right now in my life. Like, that's not, it's boring to not be, it's uncomfortable to not be. Um, so, but going back to that honest, I think that there's this interesting space between Dave's ability, like I was talking about being emotionally honest, 
Dave has done a really good job at at subtly communicating to us that of course his ethos has changed because his experience has changed. Oh, absolutely. And he doesn't talk about it a lot. And he doesn't talk about. It. He does a very good job of making it very minimal. It's almost like yeah. it's similar to what it feels like. I don't know. For some reason, it feels like Quincy Jones, right? Where you go. Oh, you're not like us at all and haven't been for a long time, yeah, but yeah. you don't seem, you're, you're you, good at... Can I, can I, get, can I cite an example much. of how I saw that happen? He did a joke in one of the first comeback specials about Trump, and he was working a lot of Trump material because he did some in the SNL monologue too, but he did a joke that was basically like, I understand why people vote Republican, like that type of honestly trite joke about having more money and therefore more money being taxed and though i understand it i 100 percent understand it literally have gone up tax brackets and seen the difference in the rate that i'm taxed i'm still like my overall value system just like i said i think his overall value system is one that um i would say it defends against people who do not have because I don't think it's like a fundamental condition of their human existence that they don't have. But I think with with Dave, like I think there are strains of kind of like this, you know, I want to call it insularity, but the way I see it kind of playing out in the comedy routines is, is a kind of elitism. Cause like when he was talking about the Trump voting and standing in line with the Trump voters, and it was like what I thought about was like, damn, like this is really a moment as a really great and large public voice that he could say something that everyone remembers about this Trump shit, and it's kind of like in the midst of his comeback. And I felt like the thing that he wanted to say and ended up saying was to white people, especially, I'm sorry, like. I'm sorry this all has to be going down like this. I'm sorry that things are changing so fast. Like, I'm sorry you ha- you have to go through this. And I'm like, I understand why he might go that route, even like as a person, why he might. But it just, I guess it just disappointed me. Like, I think some of the strains of elitism in his comedy now, they just, they disappoint me. But, um... It also just motivates me to search for a lot more comedy, too. Because, like, there's a lot of shit out there that won't disappoint me. Right. He's, like, okay, a point that Dave is, in in hinting that of, of this ethos change, a part of what he's getting at, he's like, yeah, of course I'm an elite. I'm elitist, and not necessarily asshole now, but it's like, yeah, I'm privileged, though. Like, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't do these things to not. Right, to not be successful. Like, yeah, right. Right. Of course. Yeah, my life is hot now. So yeah, yeah. You would love it. You would love it. Love it right? <laughs> and that's, and that's honest. That's, that's honest. It's like, very you know, honest. Like, what do you, you wanted me to not, you wanted, like, so my experience isn't different. It's what, it's what Memphis said about Jay at that time. He was like, yo, he is gone. He's gone, bro. Like, right. he's not, he is definitely not that dude in Marcy Projects. That dude in Marcy Projects, bro, it was this man who. Yeah, it was appropriate for that dude. Like private jets 
Yeah, it's di- different, totally different. But it was appropriate for the dude. But it was appropriate for the dude to be whoever he was in the Marcy Projects. Just like you know, it's appropriate for him to be whoever he is at the stage he is now. Like to get to that point of ego death, it's like. I think it's appropriate that Dave is going to have versions of himself that we all relate to in varying ways based on the life experience that we have. What I found in the online commentary was that black men were the probably like the most unanimous voice saying, oh, it's just jokes. Oh, like he, he said, he talks about this specifically. It's like, oh, y'all just want to cancel a nigga. Dave's brilliant. He's a genius. He's a genius. And I think that kind of also disappointed me. Um, just because I was like, damn, I'm always going to be smarter than you niggas. Like, <laughs> no matter. Yeah, but it's like no matter how much time goes by, like, why won't things just change in that way? Hold on. That's why I don't like doing more than three grams of shrooms. Like, as soon as I go over the three gram mark, I start having those dissociative ego death type feelings. And I can admit right now, I'm too attached to my ego's version of my identity. Like, you were talking about ego deaths and new versions of yourself. And I was like, all right, Joe Rogan, nigga, like, I'm going to keep lying to myself over here smoking this weed. And I got, I got kids. I got kids. <laughs> Things that I want don't happen at such a rate that I have to shed my idea of how I want things yeah, so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and true. it starts to wear down my identity. Like right. there are moments when it wears down where the where literally I have to let things happen that I wouldn't let happen. Right. Right. Like right, right. I am wouldn't allow it. I wouldn't stand for this. Ah, but like that nigga, who I am, wouldn't have his family right now. I, if I gets what he wants, he also does not have his family. That's just the, that's my reality, bro. It's like the level of sacrifice I have to make for things to work require me to be willing to be a different version of myself that actually now. That actually feels better. It sucks up top, but it proves that it proves that I'm like that this version of me. Like, it proves that I'm made of something much more than I thought. I thought I was this, 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 right? And my, but there was. I also thought. Wait, hold up, hold up, this, hold up. There's some. Um, there's a little bit of feedback or static, so I just wanted to let you know about it because I wasn't sure if you moved or something. Yeah, it's like a lot of um, a lot of static. Hold on one second. Well, you know what? It's been well, you know what? We're, we're, it's over an hour, over an hour now. All right. Well, uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe I, a part of what I'm talking about is like reading the signs, bro. Accepting that yeah. there's look, we're talking about the energy, my nigga. Like, right. I'm not gonna. There's something beyond the. I can feel the light now. I can feel what I can see. That's what's been happening for me recently. That I I realize that I can touch things with my sight. 
right? And that has, before, I wasn't ready for that reality. Things are different than I thought. Like, the world, the, I feel like in our last stage of evolution that we don't talk about, that, that like, fucks a lot of people up, is that we realize that even our senses mm. are beyond, we have control right. of our senses that are beyond what we thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We thought that at 18, your brain was finished, and that now could because we thought you were a logical being and that everything fin- is finished logically now and you can make all the logical decisions. And now that we realize that we're more lo- emotional, logical, like our whole neurological system and our, our gut has is sending information to our brain, like that whole more complicated thing is that you're getting information, you're forming as an information being for a long time, at least till you're 26. And that I feel like, there's, an, there's been an interesting blossoming for me recently that just I realize it's a matter of time. It's just a matter of maturity. There's no other, like, nothing I could, I, 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 I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to, to figure it out, to figure out who I was. And that was a part of the process, but the reality was I just had to wait in order to bake more to know who I was. Me. Maybe other people figure it out, and that's great for them. But I know that's like that. There's um, there's there's more available. There's more available to us than what how we what we think is think and see the way we think and see the world is 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 pretty clearly dishonest emotionally. That's why the world looks like it does, right? That's why there's all this tension because we everything looks sweet. But then you can feel that's not the case. So reconciling why that is is what's happening for me recently. And it takes being able to walk into a discomfort that is extreme. Like the like the worst case scenario. Basically I try to inoculate myself to worst case scenarios all the time because if I can give up fighting against whatever is the possibility, then I'm best able to respond. Of course, of course. Of course. No, I I mean, I think it goes to... Joe Rogan aside, I think it goes to finding, finding a space in your consciousness where the values that you believe inside are manifesting what you feel are beneficial and gratifying things on the outside. And, and a lot of the time it's like serving something other than your ego, whether it's, you know, you're serving a higher power or a purpose or whatever it is, like serving something other than your ego is usually the way that happens. Um, but then it's also like the ego is a funny thing because if followed, it can, like if followed like slavishly, it can lead to great results too. Like um, recently Kobe and Shaq had an exchange again because Kobe and Shaq, right? Like it's it's just like this one of those age old like, I'm never going to like you, you're never going to like me. And I guess Kobe, because he's on his like interview swan song tour, for five years, um, because he's on that forever, he was like, man, if like 
Shaq could just hit the gym, we'd have like 12 rings. So taking digs at Shaq and some, you know, patron-funded $100,000 a plate lecture that Kobe's the honorary keynote or whatever. And so Shaq, whole nigga shit that he all he stay on. And so Shaq um, commented in the Instagram comment underneath this video with that quote and was like, Nigga, if you passed the ball in 2004, <laughs> like, yo, he was like, you talking hypotheticals. Let's talk about some real shit, though. Let's talk about some real shit, homie. What about in 2004 no, against right. the Pistons? 2004 against San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs, that nigga was putting up dookie stains, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awful. He, he lost in that series, my nigga. He was awful. And, like, I think... The problem with the ego in terms of even the maximum results it can get you is that it's insatiable, right? Like, so just like serving a higher purpose can have like infinite power and effect on you, serving a a lower or like a base purpose can have that effect too if you continuously have to try to feed it. And that's what the ego requires, so it's like um i'm trying to do this podcast and then a fire truck goes by like i have to accept that these niggas don't give a fuck i'm doing a podcast because 19 niggas in this fucking square block is doing a podcast um but yeah like it's just it just requires you understanding that the realities that exist outside of your basic needs and securities and comforts um are are just as important and compose the world just as much as you do. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was a good take on Chappelle, honestly, man, because I don't think it even has to do with the stand-up anymore, which is crazy because we have had a whole podcast where we're really ranking jokes and styles, and I don't think it's really about the jokes with him. I think it's more about... <sighs> Like that, like you said, like the laziness and sort of like the, the lack of effort toward empathy. It's like if you go to Yoda, it's like, it's like being, and I don't know Star Wars like that. This probably don't even make no sense what I'm about to say, but it makes sense to me in my imagination. That's like being Luke Skywalker or whoever these niggas be, these Skywalker type niggas, right? <laughs> and going to Yo and going to Yoda and like he done he done he done like brought up three generations of y'all on like just wisdom and like lessons and then and then like everybody in the door. Everybody and it's about to, it's real serious. Yeah, like yeah. it's a serious death star type situation and you go in for your wisdom and that nigga's like, yo, you see her titties, my dude? He, all, all his wisdom is about, like, it's how you bust off multiple nuts. Uh, uh. Um, um, where where the fly chicken spots is at, where all the fly chicken is like, <laughs> yo, my nigga, that's what you got to offer me right now? Right now, you've chosen right now. The situation that we're, that that presents itself in the, in, the, in the social scheme to, like, come with the fuck shit, it's time to make, but it's like, yeah, but you know. Come on, baby. Yeah, I'm Yoda, but I'm still a human being. I still get to be. I still. I'm still a being. I'm still a being, right? I get to. I still want to bust nuts with my with my, with my seven dick, with my seven pointed dick. I want to bust nuts. I, I get 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get very comfortable here as Yoda in Ohio. Oh, no. Yo, preteen Yoda. No, no, Dave. He went the preteen Yoda route. <laughs> Shit. Mother like, fuck. Nah, son, you can't be a sage coming then niggas come to you. Some people get a run. Sometimes you just get a magical run. And he's he's fundamentally good and one of the best. Like, let me, again, not take anything away. He's fundamentally good at stand-up comedy specifically and one of the best. But it's like there's so much evidence to point to that people have peak years. Like, they have primes. And maybe part of your prime is that emotional plasticity like maybe maybe that is part of it maybe that's the luxury of being young and like fucking bouncing around all kinds of parties and weed ciphers and shit is that then you you do get exposed to lots of people when you have that energy but um i don't know i think he's one of those rare beings and also i think you're like this where a lot of wisdom kind of washed over you at a young age and it was like you know, what do you choose to do with it? And does that prevent you from creating new versions of yourself, like you said? And I think I think for you, it was like, nah, like I want to have these sort of more moments of just catharsis, whatever that means. And I think for him, he was like, nah, man, I got like $150 million off that wisdom, nigga. I'm good. Like, I'm wise as I fucking need to be. <laughs> like, And he's, I still need it. I yeah, still yeah. Need it. If I don't have, if I don't have it, my situation is worse. I'm, right. I'm, I'm in, I'm still in the situation where if I don't look at the lack of security, the if I, if I look at my, at my situation, and instead of looking at the gratitude for what I do have, I look at the dissatisfaction I have, and the insecurity, the security I don't have, my situation becomes worse. Yes. He's in a situation now where it's not, that's not at least. It doesn't seem like the case, right? Hmm. He can become insecure about what he has and like just make it about security and it won't fuck up his situation. He doesn't need to practice gratitude and he'll eat food and stay warm. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. his life, it, it's not, it's not, he has to have imagination to remember that that gratitude will will improve his situation. It requires imagination. Like, and that's, that's it. We all have access to emotional plasticity for as long as we want it, but it requires making a sacrifice and continuing to make a sacrifice. It requires continuing to being willing to make yourself uncomfortable and to not accept the security that as you older tends to become more and more real. The yeah. older you get, yeah. Right? Like the more secure your situation usually becomes and a lot of a lot of people actually like and they get the they get the wealth by seeing that gratitude and like 
taking the risk and all those things, and then they revert. When they get, when as soon as they actually get the comfortability again, they, you know, they dissociate from all that risk and that gratitude and that imagination. Or so you with all those things you get, but imagination. That's the that's the difference. It's like, do you keep your imagination or do you let it die? And what parts of your imagination do you keep and what parts of you do you let die? Dave is still keeping. He's. It's not like he's not going through ego death. The thing about Dave is, I feel like he is elitist, but I don't feel like he's isolated. I feel like he makes an effort not to be isolated. Yeah. Because he's literally isolated. Because he literally lives isolated. So when he wants to be, he, I feel like he makes efforts to to know how to not be isolated, but still be elitist, right? So there are so there are places where he's still letting himself be uncomfortable, and then garner the benefits of it, and then there are other places where you shut down. Nope, I don't want to be uncomfortable there anymore, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to lose the benefits of allowing myself to recreate myself in that space. And on that amazing note uh, of our thoughts on Dave Chappelle and Popeye's Chicken, I think I'm going to wrap it here. Um, Yeah. And obviously a great great podcast bro we we just keep getting better honestly um and ready to rep out glad you did that fucking show that's fucking lit yeah it was it was it was it was so fucking weird dude antagonistic from the very beginning the host was shitting on people shitted on the first dude who was doing comedy for the first time made this this made this mexican dude feel super uncomfortable um (laughs) And then tell us all about how basically she's on suicide watch at a school. And then um, and then there was one dude who I can't remember and then me. And I got laughs. I was the first person to get laughs. I ain't get a ton of laughs, but I got laughs and it was good. And then the dude right after me came up and took off his pants and told us that he got out of jail and basically just talked about like one fuck guys in jail. So... All you right. know, All right. open mic, sell the regular, <laughs> regular open mic at Burbank. Got it, um, for sure, for sure. I'm happy I did it, it was fun, and now I know that, like, I don't freak out the way I used to when I do stand-up, because I finally am not as insecure. That's dope, and the Neil Riggers podcast is going to take, Yo, o- take oh, over. I have to, I have to, what? I have to say. What? Listen to the second episode of the Why You Should Quit podcast. I will definitely, I, I will 100% listen to it, and I have the link right open in front. And I'm talking to, and this, whoever's listening to this, do it, goddamn, niggas is wild. <laughs> yeah, Why You Should Quit podcast, Imano Mari and Cavalier, shout out to them, shout out to Quelly Chris, shout out to uh, the original Neil Riggers, Chris Crack. Shout out to uh, Earl Sweatshirt and Quelly Chris putting out an album. Kind of fucking hyped about what? that. At least that's what, what that's what the the Twitter rumors. Mon- Shout out to Ugly Boy Miley School, uh, Mellow Music, all them dudes, man. Like fucking made it all possible. Shout out to Bills Egypt. Shout out to Bills Egypt. Shout out to shout out to um to um uh shout uh wisdom. Shout out to mad people who do who make dope music. And or artists and continue to make themselves uncomfortable and open up that space. Big ups. That's another episode in the bag. 
Um, hopefully, all the people I live with wake up because it's 1 a.m. on the East Coast and I'm here making Jamaican air horn sounds. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, lovely episode, and I'm going to cut it right there.